our farmers are the ones we are turning to in our hour of need. Welcome to Nature Magic. This week I'm going to do a short report from the National Biodiversity Conference that was held in Dublin Castle over two days this week. The first National Biodiversity Conference was held in 2019 before the pandemic. President Michael D. Higgins gave a rousing speech and the soundbite that has echoed ever since generating t-shirts and slogans on caps was, if we were coal miners, we would be knee deep in canaries. Some good initiatives were announced at the time, for instance, funding to start the Native Seed Bank at the National Botanic Gardens in Glasnevin, and Borough Nature Sanctuary is a seed collecting site for this project. The Biodiversity Conference 2022 was titled, Act Now for Nature, and politicians were there in force. Housing Minister Darrow O'Brien opened the conference. We are the first generation to realize that stark truth, and we are the last generation in a position to do anything about it talking about the collapse of nature. Malcolm Noonan, Minister for Heritage and Electoral Reform, spoke with commitment about his goals. It is within our collective power to turn this story around, to restore nature and in turn enrich all of our lives. Pippa Hackett, Minister for State for Land Use and Biodiversity, touched on the thorny issue of farming practices that damage biodiversity, damage life for us all. And she said, if we are to tackle the biodiversity crisis, we will have to bring all farmers with us from the most intensive to the most extensive and every farmer in between as we make that shift to an agricultural sector that works for biodiversity instead of against it. Our farmers are the ones we're turning to in our hour of need. The core message was a widespread change to hearts and minds that was needed to attempt to reverse the collapse of nature, which in starker terms is the collapse of life on Earth. There were lots of positive bits of news. There has been a complete review of the National Parks and Wildlife Services. Funding has increased by 50%. I met many people working on remarkable biodiversity initiatives across the country. And I watched two days of presentations on facets of the fight against biodiversity loss. And I'll give a brief outline of the sessions I went to. You could choose from four of 16 parallel sessions over the two days and I look forward to watching the recordings of the others. On day one, I went to the Shared Island Initiative. This is a whole island challenge and processes have been put in place to work with colleagues in the north of Ireland. For listeners who may not be up on the politics of Ireland, the north of Ireland is part of the United Kingdom of England, Scotland and Wales, and the south of Ireland is an independent country. This may seem obvious to us, but this confuses many people. For instance, the Black Eyed Peas played in Galway last week and announced, this is our most favorite place to play in the UK. They were booed. It is great to see these differences cast aside in the fight against biodiversity loss. The most inspiring contributor on the panel for me was Derek McLaughlin, who spoke about the Wild Atlantic Nature Life Project that is a results-based funding scheme to increase the nature value of land and was born directly from our successful Boron Life Programme. This showed how in a system of redirecting payments to reduce the agricultural impact on the biodiversity crisis could work in reality. The next session I attended was Actions for Nature, the National Parks and Wildlife Service Partnerships and Initiatives. Kira Carberry spoke honestly about the state 
of the National Parks and Wildlife Service, the problems they were addressing and the funding they've now received to employ more staff. She also spoke very well later in the day with an important message. We have to show the public our vision of what the end goal looks like to inspire them to make the necessary changes. Michael Davram, a local farmer from Clare, spoke passionately about his high nature farmland and working with academics in a positive, mutually beneficial way. At the end of the day, I went to the biodiversity emergency and the media session in the large hall. This was a very depressing listen with TV producers saying they can't get eyeballs on the subject and therefore money to fund programmes. No one wants to watch doom and gloom. The positive stories also only get the same niche audience. The challenge is to promote the problem on a larger scale and to educate people, as was done for COVID, but there is no appetite to fund this. The second day was launched by a sincere keynote speech from Thishuk Michal Martin. He spoke about how he loves nature and is committed to tackling this crisis through all departments. As the filmmaker, activist and later Senator Eamon de Butler said in 1987, I will keep on chipping away with my hammer and chisel until the system begins to understand that we have a country which is nothing short of a jewel and we do not really understand what we have and what we stand to lose. Michal Martin said, it's taken us too long, but I think today we do understand what we have and we have a very real sense of what we stand to lose. The time has come for a new era of stewardship of our natural world. We must follow the science and urgently turn things around for the good of all people and our planet. On day two, I attended Connecting National Priorities, Biodiversity, Culture, Social Wellbeing. Paddy Woodworth spoke about the enormous success of his NGO, Sanctuary in Nature, that brings people in direct provision for instance, many who have escaped war out into nature and also allows them to describe and educate us about the biodiversity and aspects of nature they love in their own country. Better to light one candle than curse the dark. Brendan Dumford spoke about the Brown Life results-based project. It really showed to me the importance of this as a replicable project as a results-based payment system. He said, farmers will deliver what society wants. I then attended Education and Outreach, Inspiring Public Engagement. Journalist Ella McSweeney did a great job hosting this panel and we heard from the Heritage Council, the National Biodiversity Data Centre, the Irish Peatland Conservation Council, Leave No Trace Ireland. And most inspiring for me was Congella Maguire from Clare County Council, who has compiled a folder to train the council staff on what they need to do in the day-to-day -day maintenance of the county. This model is hopefully going to be rolled out to councils nationwide. Liam Lysett, Director of the National Biodiversity Data Centre, who probably has the best idea of the state of biodiversity in Ireland, struck a chord with, we are all learning how little we know about nature. The most energetic session of the whole conference was the panel discussion of NGOs in the large hall at the end of day two. I would have liked to have heard a lot more from them to really hold the government to account as to what is actually happening on the ground. We heard from Porrick Fogarty, Irish Wildlife Trust, Una Dargan, Birdwatch Ireland, Cyber Neil, Dublin City University, Michael McCarthy Flynn, Oxfam Ireland, Annabelle O'Hora, Eco UNESCO, and Donald Griffin from Fair Seas. 
these NGOs are desperately shouting for help and legislation to stop, for instance, bottom trawling, that is plowing away millions of years of seabed ecosystems and treating our marine life with such disdain and cruelty. Intensive farming that covers 64% of Ireland's land use, 4.4 million hectares that does not support biodiversity. Only 1% of agricultural land use is organic. It was apparent at the end of the conference that only a handful of farmers attended, and this was to be addressed next year. There is a very hostile relationship between the farmers and the environmental sector that is being encouraged by media funded by the large multinational cartels that are price fixing and pushing farmers to be more intensive, buy more fertilizers and chemicals and increase their stocking rate. It suits them to turn the farmers against the greens and distract the public from the real problem, driving intensive farming, which is them. Habitat loss and pollution driven by intensive farming are the biggest threats to biodiversity. Farmers are in the firing line because governments are not able to stand up to powerful lobbyists and vested interests in big business. Ibeck, Goodman, Pilgrim, Kerry, Danone have taken the farmers hostage by price fixing. And the supermarkets selling cheap food are part of this complex problem. Big business is making big money, but the farmers are struggling to survive. Ian Lumley from Antashka stood up in two of the sessions I attended to bring up this difficult subject, which was the elephant in the room over the two days. Food production systems have to change. And unfortunately, despite all the catchy sound bites that hit the newspapers, the state is the biggest transgressor of EU environmental law. I met up with so many inspiring people that came to the conference. For instance, Matthew Jeb, director of the National Botanic Gardens, who showed me a matchbox containing the seeds of all of Ireland's native flora. Elon Musk could take it to Mars and grow another green island. At the end, it was clear that there was a lot of duplication amongst the environmental effort and a more coordinated approach is needed. And greenwashing by vested interests such as Board Beer's Origin Green State Marketing Campaign needs to stop so the general public can see the real damage that is occurring from our food production systems. The message we were left with was, if you're not an activist, you need to be one. We are in an unprecedented emergency. There are microplastics falling out of the sky in the Arctic today. Most of us are aware of the statistics and the direction we are all heading. The only way to push for change is to start the conversation, but it's too late to sit around and talk. And as the title of the conference states, we need to act now for nature. News from the Borough Nature Sanctuary is that we had a talk with John Carrick from the Barn Owl Project on Bank Holiday Monday, accompanied by his lovely rescue owl, Erin. It was heartwarming to see all the seats in the venue filled, and a cluster of children sitting on the floor at the front. The Kinvara Earthkeepers were in attendance, and although we heard about the devastation that rodenticide, rat poison, is causing on all bird life, we also heard about the immense success of this project, providing suitable nesting boxes for owls, rescuing and treating sick owls, and helping out young that may have got into trouble. 
The number of nesting pairs in Galway has dramatically increased with the efforts of the project. Check them out at thebarnowlproject.ie to find out what you can do to help their efforts.